It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to another week of the PowerMizzou.com podcast. Gabe DeArmond and Brian Austin here on a uh, rainy day in Columbia. Kind of matches the uh, fans' attitude about football season right now, I think. But Missouri will be in Lexington, Kentucky Saturday night at 6.30 Central Time playing the Wildcats, and we're going to talk about it a little bit with Jeff Drummond, who covers Kentucky for Rivals.com. Jeff, how you doing today, man? Hey, doing well. Hope you guys are too. Yeah, appreciate you uh, taking some time. So I, I guess overall, people probably pretty happy in Lexington right now, 4-1 and one start, which I assume most of them think should have been 5-0, and oh, but overall fans pretty happy with how things have, have gotten going here? Well, you might be surprised. There's been a lot of grumbling around here. Really? It's, uh, it's, it's a 4-1 and one start, which uh, traditionally for Kentucky is, is really good. Um, dating back, you know, the last 40 years, that's only happened nine times. And uh, three of them have been under um, Mark Stoops. Uh, but it's not been real pretty. Uh, they've, every game's been kind of a, a bit of a struggle you know, to pull out, and, and you had that Florida game, which they had a chance to end the, the streak that had been going on for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And they, they found a way to lose that one. They absolutely should have won. Uh, and uh, that's left kind of a sour taste in the fans' mouths. So it's it's a weird feeling. Uh, Orem one's a, a great position to be and, and, and a record that a lot of people thought they would have going into the season, you know, at this point. But uh, – not real satisfying to some of the masses. You mentioned the, all the close games they've been in and, and then the tough loss to Florida. Is it more of a sense in the games they've won that, that they've kind of lucked into it, or are they executing well down the stretch to, to, to get those wins? How, how are people looking at those? You know, they've really I, – I wouldn't say they've, they've lucked into them, but they've, they've kind of leaned on really good defense, uh, which is a little bit unusual around here too. <laughs> And and uh, uh, kind of a what some people have described as an overly conservative, uh, you know, game plan. Uh, the the coaches kind of debate that, and I think there's some pretty good evidence that they can point to at times that that it hasn't been. Um, but they they've just played in a manner that has uh, kind of kept the you know I, I wouldn't say lesser teams, but. Uh, you know, it's just allow people to kind of hang around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the skeptics of this Kentucky team, I, I would assume, will say that anybody has a chance because they they do seem to, for lack of a better term, play to the level of their competition. Is is that kind of uh, – is that what's being said? Yeah, and that's something they've kind of uh, addressed this week and, and, and more or less admitted that uh, they, they kind of do uh, do that. But uh, – you know, I maintain though, after watching a couple of these games, um, I think as the season goes along and, and we get to see the the big picture at the at the end, uh, teams like Southern Miss and Eastern Michigan are going to look a whole lot better than than we thought going in. Um, both of those impressed me uh, when you got to see them up close. Pretty solid uh, football teams. Uh, this is going back a couple of weeks. Uh, that last play in the loss to Florida, I I don't know. 
the guy being left wide open. I know that guys were running off the field, and it looked like maybe Coach Stoops was trying to call a timeout after the game. Did they kind of talk to you all about what happened on that play? Yeah, they just said, you know, communication issues. Uh, they had 12 guys initially on the field. They were trying to get one of them off like you usually would, and they yeah. had a chance to do that. But uh, two came off. One of them, a <laughs> uh, uh, rather inexperienced player, uh, he came off too uh, in the um, sub package. So um, that wouldn't have been so bad, I don't think, had it not been for it happening earlier in the game. <laughs> right, right. right in front of their their bench with the uncovered guy. I mean, basically, they gave Florida a team that really struggles to score two free touchdowns. And uh, that's the part that, that, that really bothered the fans. Uh, the most I argued the one at the end actually helped them. It gave them a chance, you know, to go down and have a chance to win the game with a field goal at the end because, mm-hmm. you know, had Florida taken more time up, that wouldn't have mm-hmm. happened. Uh, but it's a bad look. Uh, you know, twice in a game, you just let a guy, you know, basically stand over there and score. Well, I've been covering college football for the better part of 20 years, and I'm still waiting for the first thing that goes wrong that isn't attributed by a coach to communication issues or violation of team rules. Those are like the, uh, those are like the two big fallbacks. We're talking to uh, Jeff Drummond, Cats Illustrated. So let's get to this game. And, and you said, you know, Florida, a team who really struggles to score. Jeff, Kentucky fans are about to see a team that really struggles <laughs> to score because uh, Missouri not only struggles to score, they, they struggle to stop anybody. Um, but let's start on, on that side of the ball, Missouri's offense, Kentucky's defense. I mean, Kentucky's averaging, giving up, I think, an average of 2.6 yards a carry. Um, they've played really good uh, run defense. Demarie Crockett, we think he's healthy, comes in, is, is I think one of the more underrated backs in the league. But has Kentucky's defense against the run been as good as the numbers say they are? Yeah, it's it's been fairly remarkable. Um, you know, you probably have to go back 40 years uh, to see a Kentucky team that was playing this well uh, against the run this deep into the season. Uh, in, in my lifetime, it's kind of been accepted that, you know, Kentucky's just not going to be able to stop the run. Um, you know, they got to find other ways to, to win the game because they've never had the people up front, you know, in the front seven, particularly on, on the defensive line, uh, to slow people down and, and, and kind of control the game in that way. But you know, Mark Stoops has stacked one well-regarded recruiting class on top of another, and they've kind of got to the point now where they've actually got, you know, a fair amount of talent on that side of the football, and it, it has shown so far. Uh, flipping to the other side of the ball, I know last season uh, Kentucky came into Columbia and just ran up and down the field on Missouri. Uh, Benny Snell uh, lined up in the wildcat quite a bit. Uh, Johnson's a very mobile quarterback. Is is you expecting that to be the same game game plan for him to just kind of line up and and make Missouri stop that run? Yeah, I, I do think they're going to try to do that. It, the running game hasn't really uh, clicked uh, this season, primarily because you know they lost their center John mm-hmm. Toth, who was one of the best players in, in the country last year, and in the preseason they lost Cole Mosier, who was kind of a road grader type offensive tackle guy really tough and physical and they've not been able to solve uh the riddle yet with how to put the other guys in the right places and and, and piece them together um uh, been a little bit of uh 
um, you know, kind of pulling teeth to get the running game going this year. There's been some spots uh, where it, where it has, and then then at times it it looks pretty sloppy. So I think they're going to try to do that with Missouri. It should be an interesting chess match because I'd, I'd say Missouri doesn't want to let the same thing that happened last mm-hmm. season happen again. I figure they come in and try to stack the box a little bit and say, hey, you're going to have to throw the ball <laughs> if you want to beat the defense this year. If, if Missouri is able to do that and slow that run down, is Kentucky equipped to, to go to the pass game and, and still win handily? Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not sure about win handily, but they've got a lot of confidence in their, their quarterback. Steven Johnson has been, been really good. You know, uh, we've kind of had this the joke around here is kind of all he does is win games. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's not flashy. He's, he's not going to be on any awards watch list. Or, or anything like that, but uh, every time they give him a chance to, to throw the ball, he does a pretty good job with it. Uh, and I think they they should have some opportunities in this game because that's that's what I do. If I'm you know if I'm the defensive coordinator on the other side, I really bunch the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. and uh, and say, you know, give it a shot if you think you can. Well, Missouri's problem in doing that is. They're, they haven't been good against the run, but they're okay. But their back seven is is the problem, the biggest problem, in my opinion, on this team. I mean, I, Auburn lined up and threw a 58-yard pass on first down. Um, Purdue threw the ball all over them, you know. So uh, their pass defense is, is, I think, weaker than their run defense. So, it, you know, but, hey, there, there aren't a lot of positives to point to with this team. But on Kentucky, I mean, I, I said coming into this year that Missouri fans should be optimistic because I looked at Missouri's schedule and said, if you have to be in the SEC, this is about as easy as your schedule can get. So I look at Kentucky's schedule, and I think I'd say the same thing. I mean, they get Florida at home. They get Tennessee at home. Everybody knows they're nothing, nothing special. At Mississippi State, that all of a sudden doesn't look as daunting. At Vanderbilt, again, they get Ole Miss out of the West. I mean, Kentucky's got about as favorable a schedule as it can have in the SEC, doesn't it? Yeah, and that you know when we came into the season, a lot of people were saying, "Hey, there's a chance here for maybe a historic type of year for Kentucky. Maybe they can find a way if they get the right breaks, uh, you know, to find a way to Atlanta." Even I, I don't think that's going to happen. Looking at how strong uh, Georgia is now, uh, but uh, you know they can still find a way to win eight games maybe uh if, if things fall in the right place i mean honestly and, uh, i look at that schedule and i think this could be a nine or ten win team yeah it, it sounds a little funny <laughs> to, <laughs> say, to say out loud you know? and, and and even you know with that you've got to look at their first five games and and, and say you know they could be one and four right now yeah the same way they're four and one so it's it's kind of a week-to-week type deal one of those other favorite coaches cliches you know the most important game is this week and yada 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 but uh um we'll see it, it still has a chance for some interesting things to, to happen for this program just kind of i mean what do you see coming out of this game what what, what do you anticipate happening uh, on saturday night in lexington well my my gut feeling is that you know i, I think missouri's been frustrated and and you guys would speak to it better than me but it, it, it sounds like kind of a little bit embarrassed by mm-hmm. those things have, have have started so far they've had that open date at a good time 
Uh, Kentucky really needs an open date bad. They're beat up, banged up. Um, you know, none of the type of injuries where it's going to keep people besides, you know, Jordan Jones, uh, who might be the best defensive player uh, out of this game. Maybe Charles Walker, uh, you know, return specialist and, and, and receiver. Uh, but the whole team is just bruised up, banged up uh, at, at this point, and they need some time to get healed from that. So I think that's going to allow this to be a little bit more of a competitive game than a lot of people expect. I think it's going to be played like, you know, a lot of these other games we've talked about uh, on Kentucky's schedule. And, you know, it could come down to, you know, the fourth quarter and be interesting at the end. I, at this point, I think all Missouri fans would be more than happy with that, just being in a game in the fourth quarter. It's been a couple weeks. I uh, want to finish you up with with just a couple, and, and we understand, hey, you're covering football and all that, but we also understand in Lexington, Kentucky, it's always a countdown to how many days till till basketball season. Uh, I, I Everything I can tell looks like the, the same expected level for John Calipari's team this year, same expectations. I mean, if you're not playing the last weekend of the season, it's a little disappointing. Is that fair? Yeah, the, the bar is pretty high around here. You win the national championship or uh, <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the way it goes. You would be surprised how little talk there's been about basketball um, lately. It's it's starting to warm up a little bit because everybody knows, you know, big blue madness and, mm-hmm. and that type of thing practices is getting started and, and all that. But uh, it's going to be an interesting season over there, especially for us covering team. We're used to having, you know, the influx of talent from year to year and some new players to follow. But uh, this is unlike anything that uh, John Calperi's dealt with before. You know, there's, I think, nine new guys, now eight or nine new guys on this team. It'll be the youngest team maybe in the history of college basketball. This age-wise, we're, we're interviewing sophomores and talking about them being, you know, the, <laughs> the, the wise sages, yeah, <laughs> the crafty veterans on the team. Yeah, well, and it's it's interesting because obviously here, I mean, it's it's been before they've played a game, a revival unlike I've seen in college basketball. And, and I've said a number of times, I think the SEC is down on its knees every day praying that that SEC tournament final in St. Louis is Missouri and Kentucky this year. Um, because that would obviously be great for the league and great for the town. And I want to finish you up then with um, my – I I say this all the time on Twitter. Like, my favorite thing about Twitter is watching the barbs back and forth between people that cover and follow Louisville and people that cover and follow Kentucky. And uh, those who follow (laughs) Kentucky have had a little bit of ammo here the last few weeks. Can can you explain to those of us who don't live in that state what that rivalry is like? And and obviously now with the Patino stuff, uh, I I imagine there have been some shots uh, fired from the Lexington side of things. Yeah, there's there's really no there's really no good way to to explain. Uh, how vicious that thing can be at times, and and for me at times I almost feel sorry for the the Louisville side of it. Uh, I've got some friends uh, who reside on that side of the yeah. fence in this rivalry, and man, they are taking a beating right now, and really can't say a whole lot about it because <laughs> you know it's just been one thing after another um, that, that's led to this point. But I do know too, there's a lot of Kentucky fans out there that have kind of said. You know, be careful. Yeah, those who live in glass houses. Yeah. You push this taunting because you just never know, you know. Yeah. 
in, in this day and age, when there's this much money out there and that that many opportunities for corruption, I I, I think Kentucky's doing things the right way. I think John Calperry's at a point in his career and at a place where he doesn't have to, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, step across that line to to get players. But I tell folks, you you just never know, and I wouldn't have too much joy at the expense of your rival because you know they could turn it around pretty easy and you could be on the other end of it no question last thing a selfish question for me and i know you've covered kentucky for a long time so if there are any missouri fans but again mostly for me because i'm covering to the, coming to cover the game friday night where do i have to hit in lexington where's my best meal in lexington kentucky Oh well, you've you've got a lot of great choices, but uh, for me, a personal favorite is is Suggins. It's kind of traditional home cooking, as we would call it around. In, here. in other words, you, fried you, food. You you can get fried food. You can get just about <laughs> anything you want, but uh, uh, you know that's my go-to place. A lot of other people probably throw Malones out there if you like steaks and that type of thing a little bit more um i wouldn't call it upscale but a little nicer place where a lot of the celebs come when they come into town and 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 do the the keeneland uk football doubleheader uh you never know you might run into a movie star a musician or somebody out there well i appreciate the tip i'm neither upscale nor a celebrity but look forward to uh, catching up with you this weekend man <laughs> all right Take all right care, thanks guys. a lot thanks, jeff. jeff drummond catsillustrated.com covers the Kentucky Wildcats for uh, our network and um, pretty interesting. Like, I thought Kentucky fans would be fired up. I I guess not so much. Well, close games with Southern Miss, with Eastern Michigan, with Eastern Kentucky. I I was talking to somebody on the way back from Media Day. Missouri should just go with Eastern Missouri on their over (laughs) there. Maybe maybe some will turn their way. Yeah. yeah, I could see why that would be, and then just the way they lost the Florida game was brutal. And and I mean, they've okay, they've lost. I think 31 in a row now mm-hmm. to Florida. So, I mean, the only thing we've got is compare that to Nebraska. Like, say that 2003 Nebraska game, they had lost that by having 10 men on the field. Right, yeah, and leaving some guy wide open for I a mean, four-yard touchdown. Of course, they did lose one by having a ball kicked in the air and <laughs> caught, so maybe we can relate a little right. bit more. Uh, but, look, from the Missouri side of this, here's the answer I think we get on Saturday. Has this team quit? Right. Because, like, Everybody plays Kentucky close. This should not be a game that's over in the second quarter. If this game's over at halftime, we've got our answer. He's mm-hmm. lost that locker room. Yeah, that's, I mean, like we said, Eastern Michigan standing games. Eastern Kentucky's in this game till the very end. If Missouri gets wiped out in the first quarter or half of a quarter like they had the last two weeks, and yeah, it's it's quit on them. And then, then what do you do from there? What I mean, just wait. <laughs> I, I mean, it's gonna be a long. <laughs> yeah, but but really, I mean, what else can you do? Um, but this is like, okay, I don't want to go Pollyanna here and say I think there's any expectation Missouri can reach a bowl game because I really don't. Mm-hmm. But if you have any thoughts in your head of getting to more than four wins, gotta win. Like this almost is a must win. Right. Now you're not winning in Athens next week. No. So if you lose this one, especially if you get blown out, you come home one and five. I mean, if you want to get to even five wins, I think you got to win this game. Yeah, I think so. I mean, kind of looking at those Idaho and UConn games as win, and then that last month where you got Tennessee, Vanderbilt, right? And Florida, we want to be clear: we are not saying those are automatic wins, right? But they kind of have to be. 
Right. Yeah. They might. I mean, at UConn, you never the way they've been playing. If they play like that, there's a good chance they can come home with a loss. But if they could somehow pull this out, and then you lose to Georgia, you win the next two, and you go into that last month with against some teams Florida, that aren't Tennessee, great. Vandy, and Arkansas again. Yeah. They're all just they like they're all yeah. and and Florida. Like I don't think Florida's great. But Jim McElwain wins games. Right. Like, he just And that does. defense is really good. Yeah, he's gone to the, the title game two years in a row, and nobody will give him any credit. By the way, he's missing half his team. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Kentucky screwed up. But they just find ways to beat teams. They found a way to beat Tennessee. They find a way to beat Kentucky. So that's not a game I look at and say, yeah, Missouri can win that game. I mean, Florida's going to, even if it's close, yeah, Florida I mean, finds a way to beat likely them. a loss. They find ways to win. Missouri finds ways not to. Right, exactly. It just doesn't seem like it's going to be the kind of game like Georgia maybe or Auburn, but it could turn into that. You never know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is one that – and we'll give our predictions here in a few minutes. We – this – the rest of this podcast, I'll be honest, we right now have no idea where (laughs) it's going to go or what we're going to talk about. Um, You know, but I I think since it is Kentucky, I I think it's an appropriate place to to kind of start looking at at SEC basketball a little bit and – pretty interesting that i mean even for kentucky this is like starting over you know but i think they're the no doubt favorite in the sec they yeah, have just to be, so they? many talented players i mean yeah. and you know that calipari knows how to get it done with those young guys he's done it maybe not quite to this extent but he's done it very close to this and mm-hmm. there's there's no reason to think of them as not one of the top two teams in the league every year i mean with the guys they bring in and, and all the excitement around missouri Hey, we got the number one kid. We've got these five top one hundred mm-hmm. guys. Like that's Kentucky every year, right? You know, and that's we talked about this earlier in the week. That's where Missouri faces such a climb in this conference, especially in football. Is okay. You get a Drew Lock, and you're all excited for that. Like there's six teams who get a Drew Lock every right. year in this league. Right, get four-star quarterbacks, elite 11 quarterbacks, all that kind of stuff. They get them all the time. And you get, on the basketball side, you get a Michael Porter. And and I'm not going to say Kentucky gets a Michael Porter every year because I don't think a Michael Porter exists every year. But they get two or three Jeremiah Tillmans every year. Right. You know, and and they they get a Jonte Porter, and they get a guy who's not too far below Michael Porter. So that's kind of the the elite level of this league in in both sports is just – the the level and frankly basketball recruiting is now getting to that i mean sec had a really good year in basketball right. recruiting with missouri with alabama mm-hmm. florida recruits at a really high level every year i mean i think this is we are now seeing that mandate from mike's live a few years ago of hey we need to give a damn about this sport it's coming to fruition yeah it is and and which is good for the fans that there's going to be some really good basketball going on this year. I know, I mean, as you talked about, sold out. No single tickets available at Mizzou Arena, most That's likely. That's the anticipation. Most yeah. likely. Um, I mean, to turn around to to get those kids and to get where it's at now, it, it's pretty crazy. It'll be fun to see them go on the road to the places like that and Rep Arena and maybe actually have a chance. I know every time they've gone there before, other than maybe the oh. first season, it's just been like a, they'd have to play perfect. Kentucky would have to play pretty bad. To even be on the right. floor. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you got to say Kentucky's the preseason favorite. Then, to me, as we've said all along, the goal for Missouri should be in the top four. I think the other teams in that discussion are Texas A&M, Florida, maybe Arkansas. Right. Um, 
you know, I, I don't know a lot about Vandy. I think Alabama's in that mix. Because that Sexton kid's really – Colin Sexton, right? He's, yeah. He's really good. He can he can put it up. So it, it's good to be able to talk about that. But it, is it, I, I wonder if there's any correlation – there's not any, but it's just weird how kind of like football is dropping a little bit and basketball is rising a little bit. It's, yeah. it's odd how that always works out. And, and I wish – like – I, I really like college basketball, and I really like covering a team that's going to matter in college basketball. But, like, we're not supposed to be talking about it every day on October 5th. Yeah, Like, no. the I, – I don't know the word malaise around this Missouri fan base, and I get it. We we talked two months ago, this is what's going to happen right. if you're not 3-1. and one. And not only are they not 3-1, and one, they're not even 2-2. Two and two. I mean, Brian, I don't, I don't think it's – too much to say that outside of the diehards on our message boards, Missouri fans just don't care. Yeah, and and I wonder how much of the fact that the struggles of the basketball team, and they'd already been in this mindset recently before, they were just, mm-hmm. it was so easy for fans to just fall right back into I mean, because, I mean, and I understand it, it's been brutal to watch. Right. It's it, some we're of the worst football. You, yeah, no. Like, but I get it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's brutal to watch even up in the press box. It's not just yeah. in the stands. And so now now I think this is starting to spill over into recruiting. Mm-hmm. Not in the fact really that they're losing a ton of kids. I mean, they lost LaDedrick Jackson last week. You know, it is what it is. But not in the fact that a bunch of kids are jumping off. But I think now we're at the point like, who's going to jump on right, right. now? You know, because like they have to see something out of Missouri to jump on, and, you know, I, I don't know that there are necessarily a lot of kids saying Missouri's out of it for me, but I think there are a lot of kids that are saying, right. well, if I'm going to commit to Missouri, like, I'm going to wait and see what happens because, and, and we talked all off season, they're going to have to go start well and win some games mm-hmm. to get some of these kids, and then they didn't do that, and so now it's pushed back even further, and look, Players and parents and coaches, they all hear this talk. Right. They all know where Missouri fans sit on Barry Odom. And so now they're waiting to see what the rest of them. Especially the local guys. Maybe not the guys in Texas as much. I mean, I'm sure they have some sort of aware. But Cam, when I talked to Cam Scott the other day, he didn't seem like to have right. any concern about and, Barry Odom not being around and Coach Heupel being around next season. But I think definitely the guys in St. Louis, the guys in Kansas City, can hear all this chatter coming out of Columbia, how it's such a struggle and how fans want a different coach and stuff. So it's it's going to start to wear on them. And they just, I mean, they got to find a way to win and, some of these games down the stretch or it's going to be, they're not going to get any of those Tigerton. And, and I think there are two saving graces for Missouri here. Number one is, like, it's October. A lot of teams have filled their spots. Mm-hmm. So a kid might have an offer list of 20 schools, but he can't go to a lot of them right. at this point because those spots are full. So, you know, Missouri, if they would have been his 15th best option or suddenly his third best option right. now. The second thing is, and we say this all the I say this every single year, but I don't think fans understand players pay far less attention to college football than fans do. Right, like, yeah. Do you think Cam Scott – I'm not positive he knew Missouri's record. And I don't say that to insult him. Just a lot of these kids don't. If you ask – if you give me a list of 20 kids that Missouri's recruiting and I call them and ask them about the Purdue game, I think the extent of what they could probably tell me is, yeah, I think Missouri lost that game. Right. 
you know? I'm, I think they're aware of the records and stuff, but it doesn't mean as much to them because they think they're going to come in and it's going to be different. They're going to change it. And that's yeah. not what is important to them when they're picking their school. How was it last year? They're more looking at how's it going to be when I'm there? Are they going to get me to the NFL? Right. All this. So they, the coaches talk them up and give them this, we're going to be able to turn this around. We just need you and – they buy in. I mean, that's why they commit. And so they're not really worried about what's going on. right? I mean, they are a little bit. They'd right. rather they be good and they're going to some team that all their friends thinks is cool. This is You're going to this great program. But when it comes down to it, they, they're more looking at, okay, what are they going to do when I'm there? What are they going to do? What are the, And then it's down to the coaches and how convincing they can be in, in, in selling that plan or that mission or what, what's going to happen. That, yeah, that vision. That's the word I was looking at. And, and again, as – we say all the time, like in recruiting, it doesn't matter if it's true. It's only it only matters if you can get them to believe it's true. right. You know, and like Gary Pinkle in his book, and he said he's talked about this plenty, and we know enough of these kids. Like, look, if if nobody ever went to a losing team, then Gary Pinkle couldn't have turned it around. Here. Right. Like you, they all, you know, you have to get some play if. If Kentucky never got anybody in recruiting, they're not sitting here four and one and us right. talking about maybe winning nine games. Like they they don't just all go to Alabama, Ohio State, and USC. And when those those teams occasionally don't have great years, no, it's not like people just stop going there, right? And then yeah. like, oh well, they're not any good anymore. Right? They lost four games this year or whatever. So yeah, I mean, recruiting is the hope, but yeah, it's on stand. It's on standby right now. Like it's definitely Missouri's got to teetering, show and I mean, it could nosedive quickly if things, I mean, yeah. don't get and going. Obviously, like I feel like we've said this pretty much every week. Like it's the biggest game of the season, <laughs> but <laughs> and, we and, have said it quite a bit. And they failed every test so far. And again, like I will not hesitate to tell you, if they are down twenty-one nothing in the first half at Kentucky, it's over. They've quit. Right. Three's the ceiling if that happens. Right, yeah, three three weeks in a row, and you come out with that type of effort, and it's uh, especially off a of bye just, week, right? You know, I don't know. We'll do our predictions here in a little bit, but I I don't see it happening like that this week. I don't know. I guess I'm just. I, I don't think you can completely discount that it right. might happen. No, you cannot do that you, at you all. Because um, <laughs> yeah, it might happen. Um, but I let's go ahead and and wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, what's the what's your prediction? I, I, I'm not going to pick them to win, but I think it is just based off of what Kentucky's done this season with the close games and then given the staff the benefit of the doubt with the bye week and the way they were able to kind of get things going middle of the way last season, I, I think it's going to be like a, I don't know, 31 to 20 game or something like yeah. 21 games, something like that. Yeah, I pick, I actually just did my preview that will post Saturday morning, and I picked Kentucky 30 to 20. Okay. I don't. Honestly, I don't really know why. Similar to the but South Carolina like you, game. I just think I don't know that Kentucky's good enough to just embarrass them, but right. I wouldn't have said Purdue was either. Right, yeah. You know, um, like I, I think it's the – like we talk all the time, hey, you don't get emotionally invested in whether they win or lose, but like we we don't want to cover what we've covered the last three weeks. Well, because the, the, the coaches are miserable to be around. The players don't really want to I'm talk. miserable. To, yeah, it's just. Yeah, I mean, people aren't reading our stories. If they no. do, they only read them to say how much they hate everything <laughs> and how mad they are. So, like, look, we don't want to cover what we've covered the last three weeks either. So, I will admit, maybe that pick is a little bit, please God, let it. Like, the last thing I want to do is drive seven and a half hours to Lexington, Kentucky, 
wait 24 hours for kickoff, and then 10 minutes in, this game's over. Right. Yeah, like, that, I might turn around and come home at that point. <laughs> Worst possible case scenario. And uh, there'd be a long drive home. I mean, even longer drive home than out there. I don't Yeah. So, look, we don't know. I mean, we've said all year we don't know. It, it, is, is a blowout out of the po- range of possibility? Of course no. it's not. Um, and I, I want to be clear, too. Like, if it is – 30 to 20. The one thing you're not going to read on Power Mizzou is, hey, this was a moral victory. They <laughs> sure took no moral victories against Kentucky in football aren't right. a thing. Right. That like they need to win this game. Barring that, you would at least like to see them play competitive football to give you some hope that right. like they could win four or I mean, five. You could see improvement and not have a moral victory, I I right. feel like. I mean yeah. You can tell if they're playing better, but it's still not enough. I mean, playing better is fine and well, but they, I mean, sure. they need to win. Because, look, next week, like, I'm just going to give you guys a spoiler alert here. They ain't probably going to get picked to win in Athens, Georgia. No. <laughs> you no. know, this isn't 2013. So, anyway, um, there you go. There it is this weekend. I will be in, a- in uh, Lexington. I will not be in Athens. I'll be in Lexington. I guess I could go to Athens. I don't know who Georgia plays. Yeah, they might not even be at home. You could just go down there and eat just some food. Go hang out, yeah. Joe uh, regards and that the place. Yeah, I, I think I'll go ahead and stop in Lexington. <laughs> so uh, we'll do that, and uh, I don't know. We'll be back on the podcast next week to, I guess, Talk to Anthony up. Dasher, maybe? Talk to Anthony Dasher, and uh, we might, might – Take a shot, try to get Robin Pinchton or somebody on the podcast, talk a little women's basketball. Uh, that's obviously coming up. I don't know. We'll talk to somebody. Either that or we'll sit here and kind of shoot, shoot the breeze for 30 minutes about how awful it was. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week.